What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Well, good evening. I don't know about you guys, but anybody ever get teared up during worship? Am I the only one? You know, I could be watching a movie and I'll start crying. I, I, I hate to admit that, but I'm kind of emotional that way. Uh, God hits you sometimes, and you can't uh, you can't hold it back. But well, it's good to see everybody this evening. Uh, let me welcome the online audience. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am Brett Heilman, the associate pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thank you guys for tuning in. You're welcome to join us in person if you can. Twelve twenty five Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. We will be finishing up my series tonight on a recipe for righteous living. Uh, but first, I've got something I want to read you guys. My lovely wife, would you please go get me a water? Could you do that for me? There's none back there. Um, It's on my phone. I do have my phone up here, so I'm not playing on my phone while I'm preaching, just so you know. But this came across my feed this morning, and I thought, wow, that goes nicely with uh, where we've been. So I'm just going to read this to you real quick. It says, a pastor asked an older farmer decked out in bib overalls to say grace for the morning breakfast. Lord... I hate buttermilk, the farmer began. The visiting pastor opened one eye to glance at the farmer and wondered where this was going. The farmer loudly proclaimed, Lord, I hate lard. Now the pastor was growing concerned. Without missing a beat, the farmer continued, And Lord, you you know that I don't much care for raw white flour either. The pastor once again opened an eye to glance around the room and saw and saw that he wasn't the only one to feel uncomfortable. Then the farmer added, But Lord, when you mix them all together and bake them, I do love some warm, fresh biscuits. So Lord, when things come up and we don't, that we don't like, when life gets hard, when we don't understand what you're saying to us, help us to just relax and wait until all the mixing is done. It will probably be even better than biscuits. Amen? Within the prayer, there is great wisdom for all when it comes to complicated situations like we are experiencing in the world today. Stay strong, my friends, because our Lord is mixing several things that we don't really care for, but something even better is going to come when he's done. Amen. So that made me think about what we've been talking about, mixing all of our ingredients. Thank you, dear. So, sometimes life throws a lot of junk at us, amen? Some of it gets overwhelming and we can't, we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to handle it. But God says, just hold on. Just wait, because he's doing something. And that's really what this sermon series has been about, is God's doing something. He's, he's wanting us to learn lessons from each one of these ingredients that we've talked about here in Second Peter. And I'm going to read these verses again uh, I guess kind of for the last time in this series, uh, 
but it's in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Remember that virtue was good, godly morals. So your faith in Christ with good, godly morals, with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. See, these things are the things that have made up our recipe. This is what every Christian's life should entail. We should have all of these things actively in our in our Christian walk. Amen. These are the types of things that we have to have. These are the ingredients that we must have in order to live this righteous life that we've talked about. The whole point of this thing was to get us to look at our lives and say, man, am I really living right? Am I really walking right? Are there some areas that I could work on? Do I need to add a little bit of this into my mix? And a little bit, little bit more faith, a little bit more self-control. Maybe there's some things in my life that I'm not contr- that ain't being controlled the way that they should be. So, but then what, right? So maybe we've added all this together. Then what? Why do we need all of them? What's the point of all of this? Well, that's where we're going tonight. That's gonna. This is gonna sum this whole thing up. Amen. So here's our goal. Here's what we're looking for in this adding all these ingredients together. Are you ready? It's real simple. Our goal is to be an effective Christian. That's it. That's really all that it boils down to. In order for that to happen, we must have these qualities and they have to be increasing. You see, you can't just get saved and expect your whole life and everything that ever happens to you, everything just to be hunky-dory and everything's going to be perfect. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says you have to add to that faith. That faith, that time that you put in Christ Okay, you got saved. You can't just walk away from that and just say, okay, I'm saved. I'm done. The Bible's telling us, no, you have to add to these things. If you want to be effective and you want to live a righteous life and you want to keep yourself from stumbling into junk that you shouldn't be in, then guess what? It's going to take a little effort on your part. So our goal is to be an effective Christian. In order for that to happen, we have to have these qualities. So do you feel like you have been Effective or ineffective? Nothing? This is the part where it's this crowd participation. You guys can talk. <laughs> so let's try that one more time. So do you feel that you have been ineffective or effective? Have you been bearing fruit or not bearing fruit? Somewhere in the middle? Hey, that's why, that's why we're talking, right? That's why we're going through this, to make ourselves look at these types of things. Our main goals are to be fruitful and to increase in the knowledge of Christ. That's our main goal, to increase, to be fruitful, to let let people know that they need a Savior. Let people know who Jesus is. Give them a better understanding of who Christ is, because you are literally the only Jesus the world will see until his second coming. It's you. Why can't, why don't that person ever get saved? Look at your life. What are you doing in your life right now? Is there anything in your life that could be leading that person astray? Well, how, how dare he say that about me? Hey, I've had to take some looks at my life. Amen. There's nothing wrong with it. These ingredients that we talked about were designed by God in order to do just that, to get you to look at yourself. And then after you look at yourself to get you to get to a place where you're like, I can, I'm doing good here. I could do better here. Are you being effective? It's to make us grow and to be fruitful all along the way.
Your Christian walk is until the day you die. And you have to walk this thing out every single day. And the commands that we have here is to continually add these ingredients into your life. Add more as, you, as the walk goes. Add more faith to your faith. How do you get more faith to your faith? You get that faith by experiencing things and having faith in those situations that God's going to help you through those situations. And then what happens? God gets you through it. And then you can look back and you can write that down and you can say, wow, look what God did on September 20, whatever, of 19, whatever, or 2000. You can tell where I come from, right? 2000, whatever. You got to write those things down. You got to look at these things and look, say, look what God did. And you know, I'm terrible about writing things down, but I can look back and I could tell, I know you guys could all too, but I could tell stories. There was this time that I was laid off at work. We were broke, 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 broke as broke gets, wondering where money was going to come from. And then, I don't know if Afton remembers this, but at the job she was at, she was having to travel to Cape for a while, and they were paying her gas money, mileage, whatever you call it. And she ended up getting a, an extra check. It was almost $400, I believe, 300 and something dollars. I remember jumping up and down. I had Taylor in my arms. She was little. And I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. She's jumping up and down, and little Taylor's getting excited, throwing her hands in the air. She didn't know what was going on, but she knew I was happy. We had nothing. I mean, we was broke as broke gets. Here comes some money for groceries. God will provide what, exactly what you need in the time that you need it if you trust him and you seek him and you allow him to do these things for you. When we don't apply these ingredients to our life, we are at risk of slipping back into the very things that we were saved from. Amen? You are at risk of slipping back into the very things that you were cleansed from. What has God saved you from? Well, everybody's story in here is completely different. Amen? My story is different than Afton's story. It's extremely different. Look what God did. God brought us together. You see, God can do anything with what you think is a mess. He can change that. And you wake up one day and you, you look back like, I don't even remember that person. God's changed me so much. But see, the thing is, if you're not adding these ingredients continually to your life, you're at risk of slipping right back in to your old ways. Well, I don't, I, I don't need Jesus today. I've got this. I got it, God. Woo, come on. Nope. Your former sins only have you if you let them have you. That's something I've repeatedly had to tell myself over the years. My former sins only have me if I let them have me because they are cleansed, they are washed, they are gone, they are blood-bought, they do not exist. God don't remember them. The only people that remember them is your past. Anybody from your past ever came to you, I remember when you were like this. Hey, thanks, I tried to forget that, but I appreciate it, you know. That's how your past works. The past wants you to bring me to the past because that's where they're comfortable. But you've done been taken somewhere different. God's then took you somewhere else. Hmm. It's faith and good morals and knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love that can help you be grounded in your faith. That's what you're looking for is to be grounded. You are the only one that remembers them old sins. God erased them. He says, instead of dwelling on the past you, why don't you look to the you that I've created you to be? Amen? Why don't we do it? 
Do you know why we don't do it? Because we get this, oh, we got, I, I asked Jesus into my life, and then you walked off and lived the same life that you've always lived. That's not what you were called to do. He's teaching you. He wants to teach you how to trust him. He wants to teach you how to have faith in him. He wants to give you knowledge of who he is. He wants to teach you self-control and that you can overcome the desires of the flesh. He wants to teach you that he loves you and that other people love you and that people care for you. And there is such a thing as called brotherly and sisterly affection. It's not just acquaintances in life. There's people that actually love you. Look around. Everybody just take a look around for a minute. Seriously, do it. Look around. Do you see anybody in here that don't love you or don't care about you or that wouldn't go out of their way to help you? I hope not. You see, that's a step past natural affection. Natural affection will only get you so far. You know how I know that's true? Take a look out in the world. When car accidents happen, how many people drive by and say, I didn't see nothing? Come on. I've thought about it. I ain't seen nothing because I ain't got time to get stopped by the cops and ask questions, right? See, that's, that's natural affection. Well, yeah, they're breathing. Let's just keep going. Brotherly affection is completely different. Hmm. Christians, you are not meant to be blind to the ways of the gospel. We're not meant to be blind to the things of Jesus. There's too many of us that close our eyes once we step out of the church. I want to be a part of what God's doing at the church, but I don't want to be a part of what God's trying to do in the world. I see some heads nodding, but I don't hear no amen, so I hope somebody's with me. We're not meant to be blind. Jesus came to open our eyes. And I know I've said it a billion times over the course of this last nine weeks or whatever it has been. But a recipe for righteous living, we're adding things into our life. And I sure hope you got Jesus in your life. That's the first thing you got to have. Otherwise, all that other stuff doesn't really mean a whole lot. Let's look at verse 10. It says, therefore, brothers, be, and this is in 2 Peter, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. That's a promise. Are you practicing these qualities? Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. You know what that means? Here's what it means. You practice every one of those things that we've talked about, and you will walk a good Christian life, and you will prosper, and God will take you to new places. He will use you. He will move in you. That doesn't mean that you won't never stumble, but what it means is that you won't fall back into your old self. That's for the Christian. You won't fall back to who you once were if you walk after these things. So listen to me. This is a call to you. You've called out to Jesus and he saved you. Amen. Let, let's, for the moment, let's hope that and believe that. So be sure of that. Be sure of it is what it's telling us. Be sure that you have been, he, he's called you, He saved you. Be sure of it. Make sure that you're saved. Don't doubt your salvation. 
I was one of those people that I doubted my salvation and I got saved 50 times just to make sure. And then one day I'm standing around a group of people and I hear it and it just something is said. I cannot remember the words that were said, but it just I just knew that the first time that I asked Christ in my life was that was it. But see, I had got so bogged down by man-made doctrine and man-made religion junk that I felt like every time I did something wrong, I got to get saved. I ain't right again. Oh, I got to get saved. Oh, I got to get saved. That's not scripture. It's not. Make sure that you're saved. Don't be doubting your salvation because the enemy will come in and he will make you doubt your salvation and you'll walk away and you'll think, what's the point? I'm never going to get it right. He saved you from your sins. He didn't save, he didn't keep you. It's not going to keep you from ever making a mistake. Did I say that right? You're saved. Your sins are forgiven, but you're not perfect. Don't let the world tell you that, oh, you can be, you can be perfect. We can strive to be more like Christ. That's what he wants us to do. Be perfect as I am perfect. He wants us to strive towards that. But the reason he wants us to strive towards perfection is so that we can be more like the one that is perfect. Amen? That's it. He's the perfect one. That's it. Strive to be more like him. It's a walk with Christ, not a five-minute shopping spree. Okay? It takes time to walk it out. It's not easy. Anybody ever been on a shopping spree? Used to see those old TV shows and things like that where they'd win. What was that? A gross? I can't. They'd go in a grocery store and they'd have a shop. Some TV show. I can't remember. It's been years. But they'd go in there and they'd throw everything in the cart real fast. And whatever they got, they got to keep, right? That's not Christianity. At least it's not the, the Christianity of the Bible. The Christianity of the Bible says, hey, after you receive faith, It's going to take a little bit of time, but I'm going to begin to show you good godly morals, and you're going to adopt them. Then after you get those good godly morals, I'm going to begin to give you a greater knowledge of who I am. And then next step, and then next step. It's not a shopping spree. It's a walk with Christ. Amen? So don't feel bad if you think your best friend is here and you're down here. Maybe they've been walking longer. It's okay. You walk out your walk in your time with God. Don't feel bad about it. So let him guide you into what's next. It's, it, it's, it's not a race to see who's further along in their walk. Amen. It's, it's really not. So getting to my last point of this whole thing, slowly. I'm not done yet, but I'm getting there. I'm going to take a drink before I do. Amen. I'm getting dry. So, did I lose my spot? Okay, here we go. So, this is what I want to get to tonight. All of you have a call. That last verse that we read, it was, be sure of your, be sure of your call. Christians, you've all been called of God. Amen? We know that. Just want to make sure I say this all right. Some of you know what your call is and you're pursuing it. Some of you know what your call is and you're not pursuing it because of fear, because of doubt. Right? I'm right, ain't I? I've been there. Others don't feel worthy to be used of God. That's my biggest struggle. 
I do not feel worthy. And it, it beats me down all the time. Like, man, you know what you just did? And you're going to go preach. You know what you just thought? And you're going to go preach. And it's, it's a constant bombardment from the enemy. And I'm constantly saying, yeah, but, yeah, but God has made me. He, he has called me to do this. The Holy Spirit can, works in my life all the time, trying to make me a better person, okay? So don't feel bad if that's you. And some of us are just lazy. Oh, you got a call, but you're lazy. You don't want to walk in it. You want to walk in it, but you want to walk in it on your time. You want to do it when you're ready to do it. We're going to explore this just a little bit tonight, and I'm hoping that we can all get to a place. So I felt this on Sunday. I'm writing. I'm in the basement. I'm writing. And I just, I, God says it is time to get right. It is time to say yes to God. There is too many people saying no. There's too many people saying I'm not ready. There's too many people saying I'm not doing it yet. You're being lazy. You're just not accepting your call. You're scared. Don't be scared. Don't be lazy. There is something that is getting ready to take place in this church. I don't know if y'all can feel it or if you haven't seen it, but things are changing rapidly for our church. The church is growing. We're seeing spiritual gifts step forward. We're seeing miracles and things take place. Something's getting ready to happen in this church. And we are getting to a place. What, dear? Well, he ain't there now. Was it a big one? She's scared to death of a spider. Oh, well, don't tell me that. Anyway, <laughs> that's what wives are for, amen. He won't eat much. If he does, there's plenty there. So, uh, so for some of you, there, you've already said yes, amen. Some of you have already said yes, and I believe tonight that God is speaking to the pastors of this church. I believe that he's speaking to the preachers in this church. There is a difference. I believe he's speaking to the prophets in this church. He's speaking to the evangelists of the church. He's speaking to the teachers of this church. And he's speaking to those of you that are one of those things but just has not said yes to it yet. A lot of us are not called to just one office either. And I know that can be scary because that's scary for me because I'm starting to realize that about myself more and more. I'm being called to things that I'm like, really? You're not called to just one office, and God's showing you that. And I think he's showing some of you that tonight. You see, we're all called to something. And for some reason, when we're called, we all run. Pastor Trenton, did you run? Brett, I ran. 
Want to know part of it. Devin, you ran. We all run. Because we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what we can't see. We're afraid of the things that we don't understand. So here's what I want to say tonight. I want you to stop saying no. Because I really feel, and and this is where I was going before the spider incident. I really, really feel that this church is headed towards a place where if you're going to say yes, you need to say it now. This church needs people that will say yes to God. And I'm not trying to say that if you say no to God, we don't want you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is we need people that will say yes. And here's why. God loves you so much that he, the creator of the universe is asking us to help because of the hurting people, because of what he's wanting to do. Look, if it was, and Pastor Trent, I know he'll agree with me, if we were just here to put butts in seats, it's not what it's about. We want to church of 50 60,000 or whatever all over the world that's what we want but if you got 20 30 40 50 100 whatever it is you teach them the same way you teach 50,000 and you tell them the truth you tell them what God's telling you to tell them amen pastor Trenton am I right so God's telling you stop saying no and stop saying maybe later Am I hitting it on the head tonight? Because I feel like there's somebody, there is somebody that's called to something. And I know we're all called to something. And I want to give you all an opportunity tonight. But there is somebody in here that's being called to something. And God is saying, say yes and watch what I do. Watch what I do. I'm getting the cold chills up here. God is saying, say yes to me. Watch what I do. I don't know if you're in the wrong place. I don't know if you're doing the wrong thing. I don't know if you're saying no to your gifts. I don't know what it is, but God's saying you need to say yes. Stop saying no. Stop saying later. Just say yes, Lord, have your way. That's it. But you don't know where I'm at. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my former life looks like. Guess what? Your circumstances do not get to dictate your calling. What you're going through right now does not get to dictate, does not get to stop what God has called you to do. Well, I don't know what God's called me to do. That's fine. You know why it's fine? Because you could still come up here tonight and say, I'm not sure what it is. I just want to be used to God. I'm saying yes. Watch what he does when you say yes. I said yes. It's terrified. Terrified. But I said yes. I want you to get this. Your circumstances do not get to dictate your call. They do not get to tell your calling that you can't do it. But you don't know where I'm at in my life. I don't care. God does. Is God calling you? If he's calling you in the middle of that circumstance, think of the testimony you're going to have when you get done. Come on. They don't get to dictate it to you guys. Tonight, here is your chance, and I'm almost done. Here is your chance tonight. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to call 
different people out. I ain't going to do that. I, this is what I felt God say was to preach this message because he wants this church to say yes to him. No more no's. No more maybes, no more laters. And that goes for your pastors, and that goes for your teachers, and everybody. It goes for all of us, okay? Here's your chance. So don't be scared. We're all here together to help each other. You know, it's funny. I, I, I've had people pray over me and prophesy over me things that I'm just like, yeah, right. And the more I think about it, the more I see it. I've been told that me and him's going to Africa and places like that. And I'm like, I told God I didn't want to go to Africa. Wasn't he listening? I said no to him. He said, watch what I do. I finally said yes. All them years ago in that, in that Baptist church in Dongola, Illinois, a, little, a pastor, I can't even remember his name. It wasn't, he was leaving at the time or something. I don't remember exactly. I heard that you got saved. Heard that you're going to preach. I said, well, as long as he don't send me to Africa, we'll be all right. <laughs> Stood right there in Ivory, and I think it was Ivory prophesied, or maybe it was at the tent, I can't remember, that me and Trenton would be going to other countries and establishing churches and things. And I'm like, oh, I know it's going to be Africa. It'll be first on the, and Trenton's like, yep, that's first on our list. <laughs> so, guys, I'm saying God could do miraculous and wonderful things in your life. I'm just going to leave it at that. Say yes to God tonight because there's a better plan. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? We went through this whole list of a recipe for righteous living. He's given you everything that you need to walk a walk with him. So why are you scared of what he's calling you to do? What is it? It's the unknown, right? I get it. He didn't call. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Amen. So if he called you to it, he's going to walk you all the way through this thing. You know, when I come over here to Next Level Freedom Church a couple of years ago, I was kind of scared. I was excited, but I was scared. One of the hardest things I ever ever had to do and my wife had to do was to say yes to God, to leave the church that we were at. She had been at for 30-something years, her only church she'd ever went to. And she heard the call of God, and she said yes. Now we're helping to build a church. What is it God's calling you to? The answers you're seeking are only going to be found in Jesus. They're only found in Jesus. Nobody else. You ain't going to get it from Pastor Trenton or Pastor Brett. Even the prophet, he may, he may tell you some. Amen, prophet? But Jesus is the answer. So here's what I want to do. I promised I'd shut up, so I will. Here's what I want to do. Pastor Trenton's going to come. Devin, I'd like you to come up here too if you would. And I don't care if 
you're a pastor or a teacher or a preacher or a prophet, if you need prayer and you say that God's calling me to something else, you come on up. If you've never, if you're saved and you just never said yes to God to do what he's asking you to do, come on down. If you know what your calling is, maybe God's calling you here. Maybe God is calling you elsewhere. Maybe God's calling you to the mission field. Maybe God's calling you to preach or to be a teacher, to work with kids. I don't care. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. I'm going to invite you to come down. And to our online audience, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you, and we will see you all next time.